Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we are, the Anarchist World this week. I can smell something. I can smell something. And it's a national program streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's right. It's the Anarchist World this week. Do you wonder what anarchy is all about? No, it's not about unpleasant smells. It's about pleasant smells. An anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on direct democratic principles. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. So if you're looking for excitement, beheadings, crucifixions, slavery, don't look to anarchism. If you're looking to an egalitarian community, sharing, caring, cooperating, mutual aid, you're the type of person we want. Okay, my name is Joseph Scott. I'm hosting today's program now. It's more of the same, isn't it? Every week, it is more of the same. Here we are on the Anarchist World this week, streaming live on 3cr.org.au, broadcast on the community radio network across the country, more of the same. Now, if I was a comedian, which I'm not, I can't tell jokes, but if I was a comedian, I would think that the Abbott-led government would be the best thing that comedy's had going for it for decades. These are incredibly funny people, really funny people. We've got border protection. We have the biggest deficit almost in history. We have Joe Hockey, who's made it difficult for the rest of us Joes to hold our heads up in the community, telling us about tax cuts. We have extraordinary people, but unfortunately these people, as you know and I know, have no ticker. Yes, remember when uh, I think it was Abbott said that Beasley didn't have the ticker to be Prime Minister. I could be wrong. But um, no ticker, no imagination, nothing. And I'm going to go through a little scene for you because this is what's going to happen in Australia in the next three months, and it's very simple. The Liberal Party will lose the Canning by-election in Western Australia. It'll be a 10% swing, but they will lose it because... In West Australia currently, they are going a little bit of an economic downturn. Property prices are actually falling. And in regional areas where mines are beginning to shut down, they are collapsing. Not falling, collapsing. Now, once Abbott, 
who is actually not campaigning, Kenny, and I thought that was very funny, wasn't it? He sent down Julie Bishop, Malcolm Turnbull, they're all out there campaigning, but no Tony. He's too busy, obviously. Now, once Abbott, the Abbott-led government loses the Canning by-election, Abbott will lose the Prime Ministership. Malcolm Turnbull will finally make his move and oust him. So in about five weeks, you'll have a new Prime Minister in this country. Now, unfortunately for the Liberal National Party and the alternative Liberal Party masquerading as the Australian Labor Party, the economic indicators are not good. They are not pleasant. And once Turnbull gets into office, he'll start yapping about marriage equality, you know, a bit more humane treatment for asylum seekers, and but there'll be no change in their economic policies, no change in their deregulation, corporatisation, privatisation, globalisation mantra. It'll be the same little blue book. But he'll be a much more wily opponent and I expect that he will call a snap election maybe for late November, early December. Now, do I have a crystal ball? No. But I'm pretty confident this is the way things will pan out in the land of Oz in the next few months. If by some miracle, the Abbott-led government wins the Canning by-election and maybe God is on their side. There's a lot of people in the world who tell you that God is on their side. They are God's chosen people. Everybody else needs to be eliminated. Well, if by some chance God is on our, their side and they scrape in, he may bumble around till after Christmas, but it's quite obvious that by January, February, there will be a new Liberal Prime Minister in this country. So what's it got to do with me, boys and girls? You say to yourself, what's all this got to do with me? What's got a lot to do with you? Because we have had one of the most incompetent, inefficient, ignorant governments since Federation. And Abbott's stamp is over all these policies. Let's start off with the asylum seeker fiasco. There are 3,000 men and women and children, or about 3,500 in Nauru and Manus Island, who've been there for two, three, four years. And the government is spending $1.5 billion a year. It's giving $1.5 billion to two large security corporations, Transfield and Wilson Security, who have the honour, the honour of overseeing a tenth city in Nauru and a crumbling city, and I'm being facetious, on Manus Island. And we, yes, you and me, it's our government, you may not have elected it, you may not have voted, you may not... You know, but in our name, we have seen some of the most atrocious things happening to human beings. Now, wouldn't it be simpler just to close down Manus Island, close down Nauru, give everybody a temporary protection visa and say, piss off, go to the Australian landscape, look after yourself? <laughs> Simple. But no, but no, we need, we need as a people to create 
this fear, fear of the unknown, fear of the other, fear of being overrun, in order to bolster the Liberal National Parties and the Alternative Liberal Parties' electoral credentials. Wonderful, isn't it? Let's move on. Let's move on. The economy. Now, those of you who are old enough to remember the last election, which I think was September 2013, if I remember it correctly, because I'm still wandering through the courts currently in the Supreme Court regarding that election and voting, but that's a different issue. So I've got a recollection of that, September 2013. That was the last election. Now, as soon as the Mr Abbott was elected as Prime Minister, his first words were, we're open for business and we're in the midst of a budget emergency. Budget emergency. And we need to screw all those who are in a position where they can't, you know, defend themselves. Because that's the good thing about the Liberal National Party. They're really tough. They're really tough with asylum seekers. And they're tough with dull bludgers. And they're tough with those disability support pensioner, you know, um, bludgers. They're tough with the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community. They're tough with those welfare budget budgets, really tough. But when it actually comes up to stand up, standing up for the nation, standing up for the people of this country against the biggest, most verifous, biggest cannibalistic section of the society, the corporate sector, it's, yes, sir, how high do you want me to jump, sir? Yes, sir. How far do you want me to bend over, sir? Yes, madam. What can I do to please you, madam? This is the reality. Every day, it hasn't changed. And it won't change with the election of a the alternative Liberal Party at the next election. It won't change. Because change doesn't come through the parliamentary system in this country. Because the power of parliament has been usurped by a small number of corporations whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits irrespective of the national, human, social, environmental costs to fill the pockets of their major shareholders. No such thing as corporate responsibility or caring corporations, corporate loyalty, give me a break. So we have these unaccountable corporations, both locally owned and foreign owned, who now dictate the parliamentary agenda. Fine, there may be, you know, peripheral issues which parliamentarians are allowed, in inverted commas, to discuss and make decisions about. But when it comes to critical issues critical issues about how wealth is created, how wealth is shared. Uh Uh-uh. It's always about entrenching the power of that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. It's their game. So here we have governments, which are really governments in name only, governments who are willing to sign treaties 
with other nation states which allow corporations to dictate, dictate, legally dictate what policies a parliament will pursue. These people are a breed apart, a breed apart. And we have allowed, we have allowed this to occur since the 11th of November 1975. We have allowed being aspirational voters, wanting the good things in life, we have allowed the deregulation brigade, all those people who say that if we remove all the rules and regulations, the corporate sector and business will look after people. What a load of crap. Currently, as you know, we're in the midst of a expose of 7-Eleven across the country. The corner, the corporate corner store that has taken over the corner store, that has bankrupted the corner store, that has made the corner store fiction. A franchisee, you buy a franchise and the costs are so high to run the franchise that the only way you make a buck is by exploiting your labour force. And who do you exploit? The most vulnerable international students. Bingo. 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 Where's the protection? Where's the protection? When you remove the regulations which protect people at work, we go back to the good old days in the 19th century in England where they used to send four-year-old children down the mines to help bring out the coal. So all this deregulation bullshit, and it is crap, it's not about, you know, removing regulations to protect people, it's about removing regulations which have been imposed through decades of struggle, through the blood, sweat and tears of working people to protect them in order to allow the corporate sector to do what they like. Extraordinary. Then we take it one step further, this juggernaut, this privatisation juggernaut. We were told ad nauseum for the last 40 years that what we need to do is we need to privatise the mixed economy that had been created in this country because private industries compete and prices will decrease. Yip-lippy-doo, hippy-doo, yippy-doo, whatever you say. Prices are going to ink decrease and services will get better. Well, what's happened with the privatisation of the Commonwealth Bank by the Alternative Liberal Party, the Australian Labor Party? What's happened? The only force that prevented the other banks exploiting people disappeared overnight. So it doesn't matter how much regulation you put in place to control these people, they have a monopoly, a licence to print money. Extraordinary. So who suffers? The consumer. You. Little old you. Then we have the privatisation of the state, of most of the electric, electric state-owned electricity generating facilities and distribution facilities. If you look at your bills these days, it's not about some, you know, carbon tax. It's about how 
these privatised corporations dominate the marketplace and set the prices they want, irrespective of so-called government regulators. And we're getting people on pensions getting a six, seven, eight hundred dollar bill for winter electricity. And when you think that's almost one and a half weeks worth of social security benefits, where's the rest? Once you pay electricity bills and your rent, there's nothing left over to eat. You think I'm making it up? Do the sums. Do the sums. So we had state-owned assets which gave a return in the majority of cases to the taxpayer, that's you and me, the people who pay the taxes in this country, the wage earners, the 70% of wage earners who pay 70% of the tax take in this country, you know, having, having to take it on the chin so that these corporations can continue to make extraordinary profits by giving away, giving away public services which are actually benefiting the community. I'll give you a simple example. Now, I know most listeners to this program haven't got private medical insurance, and some do. And up till about a year ago, we had a private medical insurer which was owned by the Commonwealth Government, Medibank Private. And it was the largest private insurer in this country. And it acted as a break on the amount of money that you'd have to pay for private insurance. And it had some interesting packages which covered people for most of their out-of-pocket hospital expenses. As soon as Medibank Private was privatised, you like that? Medibank Private privatised for a miserable $5 billion. This was an organisation which was returning one hundred, two hundred million dollars to the taxpayer every year, and providing a service and taking off, and taking pressure off the public hospital sector. As soon as it was privatised, all the interesting packages, which benefited consumers, especially older consumers, disappeared, gone. All the contracts between the private insurance company now and the private hospitals tightened up what for to maximize profit to their investors and we saw a 15 percent increase in medibank's uh the private insurance company's um market value as a result of squeezing the very people who took our private insurance for cover and that happens in every aspect whether it's gas whether it's electricity whether it's the banks, whether it was uh, telecommunications, you name it, whether it was the CSIRO and the list goes on and on. Once these state-owned assets are privatised, bingo, you lose that competitive force that they allow to bubble up in a mixed economy. Then you've got corporatisation. This is the 7-Eleven fiasco. What's corporatisation? And I'll go through it again because these are the essential elements. These are the raison d'etre for corporate capitalism. Corporatisation is when small business is ostracised, marginalised, pushed to the wall 
by large corporations which monopolise various aspects of living in our society, whether it's the large pet barns which have now sprung up across the country, which have led to the death of the smaller pet shop, whether it's the growth of the 7-Eleven empire, which uh, seems to have a lot of issues currently in terms of putting uh, extreme pressure on franchisees and who find the only way they can actually make profit is to screw their workers. And uh, this is this is a real, real tragedy. You've got things like these mega hardware stores, which have seen the death of the hardware industry, and it goes on and on and on. Corporatisation is allowing corporations, giving them the opportunity to dominate the marketplace and destroy their competition. And all those small businesses out there who keep lambasting their workers... Think again, why are you in such a difficult situation? Because you cannot compete against large corporations who pay voluntary taxation. Well, the tax department's on your back, but not on their back because they're too big. And then you've got globalisation where you enter into free trade agreements, get rid of the tariffs, allow these corporations to do what they like. So, 40 years down the track, what do we have? What do we have in the land of Oz, the land of the brave and the free? What do we have? Hmm? We have a housing market which has gone forwards as far as prices are concerned in leaps and bounds, not because of a need or a pressure because there aren't enough buildings and I'm happy to debate that with anybody but because we have taxation laws in this country which allow people with large amounts of disposable incomes to invest in the property market and receive a generous tax deduction through negative gearing. While there's no support for first-home buyers in terms of allowing them to access the superannuation funds if they want to, in order to get the deposit to get into a home because the difference between having a comfortable old age and an old age, an insecure old age, is whether you own your own home. Simple. Every statistic will tell you that. And then we have, you know, we've got a situation where we've got a stock market which is now supported by the superannuation industry Over 55% of all trading that occurs in the Australian stock market on any one day is a consequence of superannuation funds investing in the very system that exports workers' labours. So we've got a stock market which is beginning to wobble. And it's beginning to wobble because the Globalisation, privatisation, deregulation, corporatisation, juggernaut has fallen in the Mariana Trench. And it'll never get out of the Mariana Trench. And if you're wondering what the Mariana Trench is, it's the deepest point in the ocean. There's a point in the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, which is deep as Mount Everest is high. 
So, and then we have an incompetent government which thinks the best way out of the situation is to squeeze people. Not squeeze those rich people who use their superannuation fund in order to continue to make extraordinary profits and enjoy their retirement while screwing those people, you know, who won't have enough superannuation to, you know, enjoy their retirement. But we have this situation where we have a government which does everything in its power to ensure that its corporate mates, those people who bankrolled its campaign, continue to make money hand over fist. And if you don't believe me, look at the records. So it's a difficult situation. Now, I could wax lyrical for the next 23 hours. I could do a a radiophone, a marathon, for the next 23 hours regarding the situation we find ourselves in. But you've got to remember that it's our fault. It's my fault. It's your fault. It's It's other Australians' fault. Because we have allowed this situation to occur. We have allowed... The corporatisation, globalisation, deregulation, privatisation, juggernaut to actually dominate every aspect of our lives. We have allowed it to occur. And it's time that we pushed back. Not just in terms of electoral politics, but we pushed back in terms of organising, in terms of setting up parallel organisations in this society, in terms of setting up organisations which become a real threat to the status quo, a real threat to that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. And we can do this now. We can do it right now. You don't have to wait till tomorrow or the day after tomorrow or next year. You can do it now. And if you don't do it now, it'll be too late. It's that simple. Because it's like, you know, the old story about the frog. You, you turn on the water, the frog keeps saying, oh, this is nice, this is nice, this is nice, this is nice, this is nice. By the time the water's too hot for the frog to jump out of the uh, pot, it's boiled. And that's what's happening to us now. Because on every economic indicator, this country is going back, whether it's record deficits, whether it's the fact that the public hospital sector public education sector, public public infrastructure is going down the gurgler because there is no taxation revenue coming from the corporate end of town that we still rely on the pay-as-you-earn taxpayer. So in this period, it's important that we fight back. Now, public interests, and I know you're bored, but I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you again. I know public interest before corporate interest was formed in April this year. We currently have 151 members. And the whole purpose of public interest before corporate interest is to put these ideas before the public. We are both aspiring, you like the word, aspiring to be a registered political party as well as a movement which uses direct action. And we use as a template the experiences of what's happening in Italy and Spain and Portugal and Greece where people are saying enough is enough and they're looking at alternatives 
to the current political debate. Public interest is before corporate interest. It's not just about, you know, changing, being elected to parliament. It's about changing community attitudes. It's about rolling back 40 years of deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation, claptrap. That's what it's about. Now, currently we have three branches and we're looking to form branches across the country. There's a branch in Pipsy Frankston on the outskirts of Melbourne and they're involved in a direct action and tomorrow they will be outside the office of Bruce Bilson, the federal member for Frankston and also a member of the Abbott Cabinet and one of Abbott's greatest supporters. They were there last week at 11am and they'll be there on Thursday this week at 11am and they'll be there for the next month on Thursday at 11am. So join them, bring a placard, join them. It's at 21 Davies Street in Frankston. It's not just about highlighting the lack of interest in the public by this government. It's about talking to people about options. It's about, that's what it's about. They meet on the second, every second week at the Frankston Library, 5pm. They met last night on Tuesday. They'll meet again on the 15th of September. Now, the Pipsy Frankston has been instrumental in organising a keynote public meeting at the Wheeler Centre at 176 Little Lonsdale Street in Melbourne on Monday the 14th of September. That's right, Monday the 14th of September from 6pm to 8pm. There'll be three guest speakers. There'll be a Rod Quantock, activist, satirist, speaker and entertainer. Joan Coxedge, former member of State Parliament and a long-time activist and... Uh, uh, yeah. And yours truly, Joseph Toscano. It's a free event. You want more information? 039-785-7079. And uh, Pipsy Melbourne North meets every second Sunday at 1pm at the Jika Jika Community Centre in Northcote. Now, if you want further information, you can either ring me on 0439-395-489. You can go to the website, pibsi.net. Very simple, P-I-B-C-I.net. You can go to the Facebook page. Just put public interest before corporate interests on your engine and bingo, there'll be the Facebook page. You can go into the meetings. If you're interested in forming a branch of public interest before corporate interest, if you're interested in joining, now is the time to do it. And why now? It's simple. A little birdie has told me, and I have no reason to doubt the little birdie, that the alternative Liberal Party masquerading as the Australian Labor Party, the Liberal National Party masquerading as the corporate party, And the Australian Greens will be getting together, yes, I know it's a historic occasion, early next year, and they will be passing legislation to basically exclude minor political parties from the electoral process by, one, increasing 
the cut-off point for a membership of a registered political party from 500 members to 2,000 and by passing legislation which would ensure that if a candidate does not receive 5% of the primary vote, irrespective of whether the preferences go their way, they will not be able to elect, be elected to Parliament. So most of the crossbenchers who currently exist in the Federal Parliament will no longer exist. So that legislation, I expect, will be out in March, April, if we don't have an early election, you know, if, uh, if a Turnbull doesn't call an early election. So we've got a short period of time in order to reg- register public interest before corporate interest. We need about 550 members on the electoral roll, and as I said before, it's up to you. It's a great organisation, great people. You know, Go to their website, give us a ring. Go to the public meeting at the Wheeler Centre, 176 Little Lonsdale Street in Melbourne. We are on track to register Pipsy by the end of 2015. And uh, that's what we're, that's, that's our aim, but we can't do that without new members. So think about it. Want to organise a picnic in your part of the world to get Pipsy known? Think about it. Get organised. Do it now. I mean... The whole purpose of Pipsy is a decentralised organisation. The uh, branches have got total autonomy. Uh, there is a, a constitution, which you'll see when you do your application form. So uh, do it now. Don't wait for tomorrow. Now's the time to become a member of Pipsy and become a, a member of a, an organisation which aims through direct action and uh, parliamentary politics to uh, change the direction of this country once and for all. Okay. Let's move on. My name's Judge Viscano. I'm hosting the Anarchist World this week. Uh, you're hearing the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. You can uh, access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can ring me on 0439 395 489. You can go to the Anarchist Moon Institute website, Anarchist Age at Yahoo. Or you can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can go to anarchistmedia.org for the website. You can write to us. Yes, we get letters every week, which we answer to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. A few other announcements before we uh, continue. Don't forget, the West Papua Independence Movement Rent Collective needs new members. For the last 18 months, the West Papua Independence Movement Rent Collective has been paying the rent, which is about $2,350 a month, to ensure the West Papua Independence Movement has an office in Collins Street at Docklands in Melbourne. This office, as I keep telling you, was instrumental in the West Papua Independent Activist being able to organise a campaign coordinated campaign which meant that for the first time in the last 50 years the West Papua Independence Movement was recognised by a government body. The Melanesian Spearhead Group, the umbrella group of Fiji, Papua New Guinea, Vanuatu and the Solomon Islands granted observer status to the West Papua Independence Movement two months ago. Now we need at least another 20 members of the Rent Collective at least another 20. And in order to whet your appetite and in order to you know, keep this office going because it is fundamental, 
fundamental in terms of their ability to organise. There is a gathering on Sunday, the 13th of September, at midday to 3pm. There'll be food, entertainment and reports back from the uh, about the Melanesian Spearhead Group. So that's Sunday, the 13th of September, midday to 3pm. Suite 211, 838 Collins Street, Docklands. Normally the gatherings are held downstairs. Just walk down the side and hey, bingo, amongst the vegetables is a great meeting room, which uh, the uh, West Papua Independence Movement uses uh, all the time. Now, if you want to find out what's going on, just go to DFAT, D-F-A-I-T dot Federal Republic of West Papua dot org. DFAT, D-F-A-I-T dot Federal Republic of West Papua dot org. Now, I think it's important that as many of us become members of the Rent Collective as possible. This is a small way. It costs $30 a month to be a member of the Rent Collective. That's a dollar a day. Two pizzas, one Chinese meal, a packet of cigarettes. That's all you need to give up to become a member of the West Papua Rent Collective and actually have a fundamental impact on this independence movement, which has seen over a half a million people die over the last 50 years in that struggle to achieve West Papuan independence. So I encourage you, whether you're a member of the Rent Collective or not, I encourage you to come along Sunday the 13th of September, midday to 3pm, 838 Collins Street, Docklands, so midday to 3pm. There'll be the Black Orchid String Band uh, will be uh, playing music. There'll be other entertainers, food, traditional food, and uh, obviously speakers. So it's three hours. The whole purpose of this gathering is to get more people into the West Papua Rent Collective. Have a look at their office. Talk to them about how important it is for this office to go along. For the first 18 months, it's been... first 12 months were easy. The next six months were difficult. And now we're actually at the pointy end of the situation. We need new members right now. So if you want further information, how you can become a member of the West Papua Rent Collective, it's very simple. All you've got to do is put your money in any Commonwealth bank branch anywhere in the country. You can do it electronically. You can do it personally. You can do it anonymously by putting your $30 over the counter. If you want details about the Rent Collective, if you want to be on the email list, if you want to be in the postal list, give us a ring. 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. Email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Anarchistage at yahoo.com. All right? Simple. You can also write at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. So there's two things happening. You've got the Rent Collective on Saturday, the, Sunday the 13th of September, midday to 3 p.m., at 838 Collins Street in Docklands. That's if you live in Melbourne. And you can also uh, go to the public interest before corporate interest at the Wheeler Centre at 176 Little Lonsdale Street in Melbourne at uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Monday the 14th September. And then we've got lots of other things coming up, which I'll bore you about. But I'd just like to remind you about the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations, which once again will be held in Ballarat on Thursday the 3rd of September. 
Thursday the 3rd of September, 4am to 10pm. Put it on your calendar. Look up the website, anarchismedia.org. Look at the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion site and bingo. Don't have to pay any money. Come along. You don't have to ring anybody. Just join us. But if you're going to the dinner that night at the Eureka Stockade Hotel and we've got a keynote speaker from the uh, Ballarat and Trades Hall Council speaking about the relevance of the Eureka Rebellion to the 21st century uh, trade union movement, well, you need to book a seat. Not because it costs you anything, but because we expect lots of people. And if you want to sit down, if you don't want to stand up at the bar all night and you want to sit down and have a meal, bookings 0439 395 489 or go to anarchistage at yahoo.com. I'll speak more about that in the next few coming weeks. And don't forget... The 9th of October, which is uh, Human Rights Day, uh, Peter Norman Day. And if you don't know who Peter Norman is, well, again, look at the website. Now, we've got a lot of interesting, fascinating things coming up. But this is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. And uh, you can do it too. doesn't take much effort. A little bit of organisation doesn't take a lot of effort. You can do it. You can do it today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You can do it today. You don't like what we organise? Fine. Do your own stuff. But do do it. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. No tax reform. Hmm. Well, we've talked about that. Let's talk about the nasty ABC and Fairfax media. Now, there are some pathetic characters in the current government as well as the current opposition. But I think the current government has a, uh, you know, first uh, salvo on pathetic characters. And uh, Mr Dutton must be one of the most pathetic federal cabinet ministers I've seen in a long time. I mean, and he's got a lot of competition. He's got Joe Hockey, he's got uh, Tony Abbott, he's got Brandis, and the list goes on and on. But this boy is uh, pretty good. He's pretty good in the prophetic states. Now, the Liberal National Party is starting to cry. They're crying because, you know, they're really good at beating up people who can't defend themselves. Really good. And as we're seeing, when it comes to the big end of town, yes, sir, no, sir, how far do I jump? Where do I, how do, where do I bend over, madam? You know, that's been their uh, performance over the last two years. So it's no surprise that when sections of the government guild at ABC, very small sections, and sections of the Fairfax media begin to ask a few questions about the legitimacy of this government that Mr Dutton is pushed out of the cabinet room to deal with the fret. Deal with the fret. My God, these people have got a jihad against the Liberal National Party. Unbelievable. What have we been dealing with? What have we been dealing with for the last 50 years, 70 years, with the Murdoch-owned media? Day in and day out. Garbage in, garbage out. Day in and day out. Destabilising for five years the Gillard-Rudd government. Destabilising the Whitlam government. And allowing the CIA, you know, to have their little coup. Come on. Grow up. 
Come on. They must be feeling the heat in there, in that cabinet room. All those leaks must be getting cold. They must be feeling the heat. Look, if you, like me, are pissed off with the Murdoch media, not just because they're hypocrites. On the one hand, they talk about dull bludgers, social security bludgers, and the list goes on and on, you name it. You know, how these people aren't pulling their weight. When you actually look at the Murdoch, when you look at Murdoch News Corporation and 21st Century Fox, the two arms of the Murdoch conglomeration, the Murdoch juggernaut, in the land of Oz, as well as the rest of the universe, but in the land of Oz, top of the Australian tax office watch list. Hmm? Don't forget that when Abbott was uh, elected um, Prime Minister, that Mr Murdoch received $886 million tax refund for shuffling a few pieces of paper, all legally, of course. It's all done legally. I mean... You don't need to do things illegally in this country if if you're a part of a large corporation. All you do is you lean on the government. You lean on the opposition. Slowly lead them, say, excuse me, you know that little piece of legislation that all those protesters wanted? Well, we don't want it because it's going to make us look bad. It means that our profits won't increase. So all they do is they just lean on governments and they and laws are passed which allow corporations to legally avoid and minimise their tax. It's all legal, boys and girls. Well, if you're sick of this garbage, if you're as sick as I am of all this garbage, Murdoch getting a tax refund while making hundreds of millions of dollars of profit and 21st century Fox paying 0.75% tax. I wish I could pay 0.75% tax and I'm sure everybody else in this country would like to pay 0.75% tax legally. But if you're not a large corporation, you don't actually in the game, are you? Well, if you're one of those people and there's a small hearty band of us, well, on the first Friday of every month, First Friday of every month, and it'll be the the fifth, no, the third, the fourth, the fourth of September. Fourth of September, on the first Friday of every month, we congregate. That's right, congregate. We bear witness. We're not protesting. We're just bearing witness to the unpalatable fact that these people set the political, social, cultural agenda and they do it by being total hypocrites, by avoiding their responsibility to the community. So if you're interested and you're in Melbourne, join us at Federation Square at the corner of Flinders and St Kilda Road at 11.30am. And at about quarter to 12, we'll walk across the road, down St Kilda Road, down to South Bank to congregate and what they claim is their private property, which it isn't, it's public property, the forecourt outside the Herald and Weekly Times building at 40 City Road, Melbourne. We'll be there from 12 to 1. You know, their private security guards will be there. Victoria Police may be there. You'll be there. What a great day. The sun will be out. Spring offensive. And if you can't make it on the 4th of September, we'll be there on the first Friday in October and November. But more importantly, what we do is irrelevant. We're just a noxious little mosquito which can be squashed with a finger. And the only way that this campaign, 
you know, resist Murdoch's minions, parliamentary assault will be of any significance is if other people across the country take up the cudgel, take it up, put it over their shoulders and congregate around Murdoch's little empire. Because by bearing witness to the fact of the type of people they are, we have an impact. This is the Anarchist Wall this week, broadcast across Australian Community Radio Network. So if you are in the city of Melbourne on Friday the 4th of September, join us at Federation Square, 11.30am. You can't miss us, corner of uh, Flinders Street and St Kilda Road. Then join us as we uh, walk across the Herald and Weekly Time buildings at 40 City Road, congregate in the public forecourt, show our displeasure. At least there are some people in this country who are taking the fight up to them. That's the way it is these days. So it's up to you, as I keep saying. We've got tons of things organised, tons of things organised. And if you don't like one of them, you organise your own thing. Because, see, what we do in the 21st century, and I had a little lecture about this yesterday, what we do is we kind of, you know, rely on flash mobs. We sit on our asses, you know, watching TV, and if you're a bit more modern... You know, you play the net and you press a button and you say like and you do a petition and you race here and you race there and you have esoteric discussions about what happened on the 5th of November, you know, 1922 in in Fargaminda, you know, and you think that's all there is to, to change, that all there is is your need to press a button. Well, it's more than that. You want change, whether it's reform or whether it's radical change, we need feet on the streets. It's that simple. Feet on the streets. If there are no feet on the streets, nothing happens. Fine, the internet is a fine tool to get feet on the streets, as we saw with the border protection fiasco in Melbourne a few days ago, you know. But what changed everything was the feet on the streets because they don't care what names you call them. They don't care how witty you are. What they care about is when there are feet on the streets, when there is a direct challenge to their authority. And that's why the Annex Institute is currently involved in all these struggles we initiate many of them, we let them grow, get their own heads and bingo. That's what it's about. It's about feet on the streets. And if there's no feet on the streets and no feet in industry and in offices across this country in terms of occupations, nothing ever changes. I mean, I'm involved in a few litigations at the minute and I've always kept out of courts for a long time, and it's been really fascinating how you get the illusion that something is happening, when the reality is nothing happens without feet on the street. It's just an illusion, and it's a rich person's game. When you go down to the courts, you need to take, you know, an armoured truck with you in order to pay the lawyers $300 an hour, $5,000 an hour, 
$10,000 to appear for one day. Just the type of money every invalid pensioner, every disability support pensioner, every you know wage earner has in this country. So although there are all these organisations which are created by government to look after your interests, when you go to these organisations, they go, shrug, can't help you. Your problem doesn't fit our terms of references. Oh, sorry, you've earned too much money this year. We can't help you. Legal aid, sorry. And the list goes on and on and on. And how do you think we all got all these rights, liberties and economic security which we take for granted today? Blood, sweat, tears. We're not asking for blood, sweat or tears. All we're asking for is feet on the streets. Get involved. Join us when you can. Thank you once again. And if you can't put your foot on the streets, think about joining public interest before corporate interest. Go to their uh, functions. See what's going on. Support the West Papua Independence Movement. And the list goes on and on. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast on the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano. I've been hosting today's program. If you want a complimentary copy of this week's edition of, of uh, whatever we're doing, just go to the website, anarchismedia.org. If you want to find out about Pibsi, go to Pibsi, P-I-B-C-I dot net. That's public interest before corporate interest. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Go to the Pibsi Facebook page. Just put public interest before corporate interest on your search engine. Bingo. There it is. Want to learn about the West Papua Independence Movement? Go to their website, D-F-A-I-T, Federal Republic of West Papua.org. Ring the office, 039-049-9590. All this stuff's on the web. If you're not on the web, all it takes is a phone call. Give us a call, leave a message. I'll get back to you in the next 24 hours. 0439-395-489. Join things, get things done, because when you're dead, you're dead. And that's the problem. When you're dead, you're dead. And I haven't seen any dead people come back, although I've written a lot of obituaries. I've never seen a dead person come back yet. So the important thing is to make the most of it now. You are the person you've been waiting for. We are the people we've been waiting for. Nobody else is going to do your job for you. You can't rely on the state. You can't rely on the corporate sector. You can't rely on the courts. You can only rely on your efforts and your energy. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World This Week on your local community radio station. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Go to the website, anarchistmedia.org, pipsy.net. See what's happening. If you don't like what's happening, form your own group. It's about feet on the street. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week to the Anarchist World this week. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse, 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events.
wash my hands. Oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> 